Hello. Yeah, hi, can I help you? I understand you're looking for a podcaster. Oh, that's, yes, we are. Actually, they're, uh, we, we're, are you qualified? Are you, I mean, you look like you just kind of walked into town out of nowhere here. Ten Rio. Okay. What are you gonna, what, what do I get for my ten Rio? Sixty Rio. Oh, you're, I see what you're doing. You're like, you're trying to do a thing. You're being mysterious and like, I'm supposed to be like, oh, he must really think he's worth a whole lot if he's blah, blah, blah. Right. I, I mean, can you, can you show me, can you do a little podcasting for me just really quick, you know, so I can kind of get an idea of your... Okay, so you said 60? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is so good that I don't think we should be doing this show. <laughs> it's a little redundant, at least from where I sit, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Hey, Steve, what movie are we reviewing this time around that we probably shouldn't be looking at too hard? Oh, boy. We are reviewing the classic 1961 samurai action movie. <laughs> I was going to say epic, but it's not super epic. It's uh, not. Yo, Jimbo. Yo, Jimbo. Oh, boy. That's a lot of samurai. Yeah, it sure is. That, that's a lot of inspiration to, well, mostly westerns. That's what they say when people see him walking by. They go, there goes a whole lot of samurai. Mm-hmm. He fills out what honestly looks like the most comfortable clothing on the face of the I planet. know. He doesn't even use the sleeves most of the time. No. I want to wear that all the time, like to work, out to get groceries. It just looks so goddamn comfortable. <laughs> Can't I wear just basically pajamas and a robe everywhere? It's like wearing a Snuggie. It's, it's, no. Are you kidding? Snuggies are tight, constricting. Well, well, you grab you, your okay, ball okay. area. They're unforgiving bastards. <laughs> Pardon me. Wait, I'm not thinking of a snuggie. I'm thinking of a onesie. Yeah, you're thinking. I'm thinking of the blanket with sleeves. Oh, right. An, or as it's also known, a backwards robe. You idiots! They sold you a backwards robe without a belt. They're useless. They're use, they're, they're, they're absolutely useless. I want the comfort of a robe, but the warmth of a blanket. Well, here's neither. Wear that. Okay. Yeah. How about just put on a robe, dude? How about something when I get up in the middle of the night and I'm wearing the Snuggie that I trip on the length of blanket and just fall over? <laughs> what a dangerously lengthy robe. What if I'm more than six feet tall and my feet just stick out? <laughs> then I have to get another blanket which defeats the Snuggie. I'm just setting this on fire. Well, if you're Thanks that, a lot, Grandma. If you're that tall, the world isn't made for you anyway, and you should just accept that. I'm 50 years old. I don't need a Snuggie with Yoda on it. <laughs> but... Thank you. Very thoughtful. No, I'm not saying thank you. Fuck you, Grandma. <laughs> I will never say thank you for a Snuggie. Why don't you quilt me up one of them quilts that you like making? I'd love that. So warm and toasty. Oh, your arthritis. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for Thanks nothing. Thanks for this TV infomercial bullshit. <laughs> Thanks for dialing a phone. I'm going to go punch a wall. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you got a fucking Snuggie. Unbelievable. 
Okay, so that bit's done. Hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you have any trivia for this movie, Yojimbo? I do have some trivia for Yojimbo. Okay, you better deliver it, baby, because oh, okay. it's going to be a short show because, oh, we're going to tear through this plot. <laughs> so, if you're watching this movie for the first time and the plot seems a little bit familiar, <laughs> that might be because Sergio Leone saw it and mm-hmm. said, hey, this would make a good Western. So, uh-huh. so he changed the names of the characters and changed the setting from Edo-era Japan to the American Old West. You know what would have been a bold choice? What? Not changing the names of the characters and setting it in the Old West. (laughs) And Clint Eastwood could play a character named Sanjiro. Mm -hmm. My name is Sanjiro. It means I'm about 30. Okay, now do your Batman. My name is Sanjiro. (laughs) Okay, now do your Jack Palance. My name is Sanjiro. (laughs) And you are my number one guy. (coughs) Anyway, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, Sergio Leone basically said, I'll change the setting and I'll change the names. And that's all I'm changing. And he Mm -hmm. made a movie called A Fistful of Dollars, which is also a classic. Yep. But which is so much like Yojimbo that Akira Kurosawa sued Leone mm-hmm. and won 15% of the profits. Good for him. So don't fuck with Kurosawa, even if you're no, Sergio don't Leone. St- don't fuck don't with Kurosawa. Don't steal Kur- his fucking ideas without paying him first. Yeah, Shit. exactly. Just ask. Make a deal first, or he's taking your ass to court. Leone was probably like, hey, it's in Japan, and no one's going to notice. <laughs> oh, what a spot on Leone you do. That's right. Hey! <laughs> I'm making a cowboy movie. In Spain. Hey! <laughs> anyway, do you have I, more trivia, Steve? I got it account from a rawhide. <laughs> okay, so the movie uh, the movie actually has a sequel called Sanjiro, mm-hmm. which came yep. out the following year and is also excellent. Um, yes. It was already scheduled to be Kurosawa's next film and was actually in pre-production when Yojimbo came out. And it was originally supposed to be a completely separate movie and have nothing to do with Yojimbo at all. But it was rewritten to incorporate sure was. to incorporate Sanjiro's character following the Fuck success it, of I'd Yojimbo. I'd rewrite any movie on the face of the earth yeah. to put the, the Yojimbo character into, so, uh, yeah, into movies. Exactly. Think, of, think about... I mean, and Kurosawa is, you know, it's not like he was a director that was ever, like, in a particular rut. Like, he was a very prolific and very um, diverse filmmaker in terms of the kinds sure. of movies he made. And But but he, this character, not only was the movie a hit, but the character was so endearing and so likable and so much fun that he was like, I want to do another one of these right now. But, sir, you're making another movie already. I don't care. Write him in. Write him into the yes. next movie. He's now the main character. <laughs> and that, Go. Yes, and that's what they did. And it was a great movie, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, What movie would you put him in? Oh, God. Twi- I know what movie I'd put him in. Twilight. Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Oh, my God. Please write fucking Toshiro Mifune into Steel With Magnolias. With his theme music. Yes. Whenever he makes it appear, he just shows up at the fu- one of the funerals. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> or the, the, oh, there's only one funeral at the end. <laughs> uh, but she doesn't die of cancer in this version. 
No, she doesn't. She dies because she was dishonorable. She dies of sword cancer. <laughs> um, yeah. <sighs> Apollo Put him in the bad oh, news bears. Fuck it. Apollo 13. There you go. What does he do? Uh, he flies to space and saves the astronauts. He plays NASA against the government. He plays, yes. <laughs> in order to get the rocket into space. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. You can um, put him in anything. A bug's life. Oh, God. I don't know how he'd do it. And unless the, he's like a, a little samurai bug. No, no. I want him to be live action. I don't want him to play a bug or like a CGI <laughs> character. I want him to show up as a human walking around with the bug characters. I want him to sit down next to the tree where the ants live. And just watch the whole thing. <laughs> and laugh. Just occasionally eat and drop something and watch the ants, like, right. you know, crawl yeah, exactly. over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, talking about Toshiro Mifune, of course, uh, mm-hmm. who is sometimes called the Japanese Clint Eastwood. Who's sometimes called the greatest actor who's ever lived. Well, I would like to say, even though, and, and I say this as a big fan of Clint's work, uh, I think it would be more appropriate to call Eastwood the American Toshiro Mifune. Sure, but um, I mean, Toshio Marufune had range. He, oh, I agree. He's known for the samurai movies. He's known for this character, who is an, also a character with no name. Yes, um, and he did it first. But he um, has more in his, you know, he has more in his toolbox than just this character. Oh, right? oh, God, yes. He's his. He, even if you limit yourself just to the movies he made with Kurosawa. You, There's 16 you, of them, yeah, so which plan is, a long yeah, weekend. Yeah. But, I mean, he did more than that, too. But, I mean, he has incredible range. I mean, you watch watch him in this, and then watch him in, like, High and Low. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's completely... It's Even even among the Samurai movies, it's different. Like, watch him in this, and then watch him in Throne of Blood. You know? Or I Seven mean, Samurai. Or, or Seven Samurai, or uh, Rashomon. I mean, mm-hmm. good Lord. He's just... He's an amazing actor. But, yes. uh But because of his typical screen type based on movies sure. like this he's thought of as the japanese eastwood but it would be better i think to call eastwood the american mifune um and just like eastwood did after a fistful of dollars mifune would follow yojimbo with other movies where he played a very similar character and i, I already mm-hmm. met, i already mentioned sanjiro which is an actual sequel to this um where he's playing the same character but as we were actually talking before we started recording uh he also went on to make other movies like, for instance, Zadoichi meets Yojimbo, and then another movie that came out, <sighs> that, and another movie that came out the same year as that called uh, Machibusa, where mm-hmm. he plays he he's not playing the same character as he plays in Yojimbo and Sanjiro, but they're very they are suspiciously similar. Let's just say. Sure. Um, so he did kind of uh, make uh, not not it's not fair to say he made a career of it because he he, he had a, a great diversity of roles, but he did return to this type of character several times um, yep. in his career. He needed his drinking money. <laughs> Um, and one last thing about the movie. Uh, this film, of course, served as an inspiration to future westerns, not just the ones that Leone made that were literally based on it, but it was a big inspiration, mm-hmm. as, as a lot of Kurosawa's work was, on American westerns. Um, and it is obviously itself inspired by westerns that came before. But, but but do you know what the basis of the script was? I'm getting to that. Okay. This is my trivia. All right. The, go for the, it. The major inspiration for the story is not a Western, but is actually the work of Dashiell Hammett, uh, particularly the novels Red Harvest and The Glass Key. And Kurosawa has also said that the 1942 film adaptation of The Glass Key was a major inspiration. And that, of course, would be classified as a film noir. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So it, this is that one of the things that I think that makes this such an interesting movie is that you, you the first thought you have when you watch it is oh it, it reminds me of a western, but then when you get into the plot and and you, and Sandro like sort of playing the two sides against each other and all that stuff it mm-hmm. it's like it feels a little bit more like like a film noir plot you know it feels more like Sam Spade than yeah. he does than he does uh, Clint Eastwood yeah yeah totally yeah, that character totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my trivia. Yay for trivia. That was good trivia, Steve. Thank you, Jason. I'm glad you got it out before I wrecked it. Oh, uh, me too. How would that feel? How would that feel <laughs> I, if I, I just blurted out things that I knew from your section? I feel would like feel bad, right? I feel like you're getting at something, but I'm not quite sure what you're getting I at. I don't know what I would... I don't know. I'm not getting at anything. Okay. But if it triggers any memories for you, that's, you know, on you, not me. Okay. 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 You ready for who made it? Yeah. Good. <laughs> it was directed by some guy. I don't know. It was directed by Akira Kurosawa, one of the greatest directors to have ever lived. A man who inspired American directors and directors around the world because his movies are fucking great. And no one knew his name until probably the 1970s in yeah. the United States. As more of these weirdo directors started popping out and they couldn't shut up about the guy. Like Martin Scorsese. And more notably, George Lucas. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned that George Lucas took the plot of one of Kurosawa's movies to make Star Wars. Um, and I think we mentioned last time that he wrote the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi for um, Toshiro Mifune to play. And that didn't happen. Nope. And um, both Steve and I are sad that that never happened. It sure would have been nice, huh? <laughs> oh, boy, it would have been good. And maybe I would have cried when Obi Wan died. Yeah, because then Instead because going, you would have realized oh. that Toshiro Mifune wouldn't be in the movie anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. <laughs> uh, screenplay by Ruzio uh, Kukushima, Akira Kurosawa, and Hideo Uguni. Um, all of them worked on all of them worked on uh, Kurosawa films. In fact, most of these people are Kurosawa films. Yeah. Um, Story by Akira Kurosawa, produced by uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka, Rizu Kukushima, and Akira Kurosawa. Yay, he's reaching that point in his career where he's producing the <laughs> he's shit like, he wants I to I want make. all the money. That's right. Starring Toshiro Mifune. Do we need to go on? We've. I think we have literally fanboyed enough. We just were talking about him. <laughs> But if you want to see him in something else, look up any of the 16 other movies that he did with Akira Kurosawa, right? Yeah. And if you want more, Google him. Just Google him. All of his movies are right there. Find it. See if there's something released in the U.S. He's good. He's not just a samurai. He's just a good goddamn actor. Also, sorry, uh, Tatsuya uh, Nakadai, Kurosawa movies. Is <laughs> uh, Iz- Zizu Yamada, Kurosawa movies, and I didn't write all these guys are stars of Japanese film. They've been in tons and tons, and yeah. some of them hundreds of Japanese films. Uh, Daisuke Kato, Taka, Puh, Steve. Ta- are you are you are you have you reached uh, Takashi Shimura? I uh, yeah, yeah, thanks One Takashi my, Shimura, who is always great. <laughs> yep. Uh, you saw him in Godzilla, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. You saw him in Godzilla. Uh, Kamatari Fujiwara and uh, Atsushi Watanabe. Watanabe. Yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> you did it. 
Cinematography by Kozu Miyagawa, Kurosawa films, and a lot of other stuff. But Kurosawa had a Kurosawa had a strong hand when it came to his cinematography, didn't he? Yeah, very much, yes. Um, edited by Akira Kurosawa, who usually would edit what he shot that day. Because, as he readily admitted, for a period of about 35 years, he lived on coffee and cigarettes. <laughs> and he'd shoot for the day, take all that film, get it developed, stand in a hallway drinking coffee and, and, I guess, eating the cigarettes at this point, because he needs some sort of nourishment, get the developed <laughs> film, and edit it. <sighs> While still standing Muse- in that hallway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Music by Masaru Sato. And uh, came up with the theme for the Ojimbo character. And some of the goofiest mo- music in the movie. <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, um, production companies, Kurosawa Productions and Toho. Distributed by Toho. Because they're a monopoly. Yes. And they will distribute your movie whether you like it or not. Whether it's Godzilla or Samurai, we've got what you're looking for. Damn straight. Release date, April 25th, 1961. Running time, 110 minutes. Box office, 2.5 million. I did not do the thingy, and I don't know how much its budget was, because they kept it secret from us, but I can't imagine it was too much. No, I can't imagine it was. There's a few sets. There's one city street. There's, like, kind of a cemetery. (laughs) Yeah. They kind of just filmed it all in that one area. So, Steve? Yes, my friend. Are you ready to put on your robes? Or you can scratch your belly and contemplate things at the same time? <laughs> yes, yes, yes! Where I guess one guy just holds his gun the entire time because he's yeah. got a little dick or there's something going on with him psychologically. <laughs> Every once in a while he, he pokes it out the front of his robe. He's like, look what I have there! And it goes back in. <laughs> All right, sharpen your samurai sword. Oh, yeah. Get ready to meet all the exposition people. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. And let's you and me jauntily walk into the most miserable place in Japan <laughs> as we run into the world of Yojimbo. Steve, take it away. Well, we have one of my favorite opening credit sequences from any movie, which I like to call The Itchy Guy Walks. <laughs> <laughs> We meet. Describe it, please. We he, he 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 we're in the middle of the countryside. It's kind of like sort of a brushland type of thing, you know. It's very dusty. We're seeing a landscape shot. Yeah. yeah. And then our hero steps into the shot. He slides in from slides the slides right. in from the side and just kind of looks at everything for a second, and then reaches up, scratches the back of his head, gives a little twitch, mm-hmm. and starts walking. And we follow behind him as the credits go. Yeah, we don't see his face. We follow behind him, and he just walks while the the score plays, and we get the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he walks uh, he walks up to uh, a, a little house, and there's a man nope. arguing there with his son. His right? son runs up. Oh no, his, his son, son as runs he's up walking first, down yeah. the road. His son runs up and he goes, you can't tell me what to do, Dad. I'm going to run away and I'm going to become a gambler and I'm going to make tons of money and it's going to be great and there'll be no comeuppance and at no point will I scream for my mommy. (laughs) Exactly. Not any time ever. And the dad's like, fuck you. You're a a (laughs) farmer. Do the farming things. That's right, because it's working out great in our run-down shithouse. Please. It was good enough for me. It was good enough for you. And the man with no name, let's just call him Yojimbo. Okay, Yojimbo means bodyguard. Yeah. 
And Yojimbo's like, can I drink your water? And the old man's like, fine. Meanwhile, mom can't <laughs> fucking be bothered, can she? No. She's in there making silk. Yeah, and She's... while while Yojimbo is having his water, he gets to listen in on this very helpful conversation mm-hmm. between this where man and his wife. Out, that's right, where it's the gamblers. The gamblers have shown up, and they've formed gangs, and they're in the town, and everything's shitty, and I only have one place to sell my silk to, and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, these people aren't happy, and their house is falling apart. Oh, well, I guess I'll go in into town. And he goes into town. And on the main drag, he sees all these people staring at him from from the windows. And because Akira Kurosawa is a fucking genius filmmaker, they're all behind these vertical, like, bar-like window things. So they're trapped. Right. They're trapped. And just when you're thinking, okay, well, the town's not too bad. I mean, (laughs) things are pretty cool. They send out the welcoming committee, which is what, Steve? (laughs) Well, what is it? It's a dog. <laughs> and what he, yes. and he has in his mouth a severed human hand. That's right. The dog's happy. Thing. Oh, God. Thing. What have they done to you? <laughs> and he kind of gives that a look. Yeah. He's like, and oh. And then the, the constable comes out, right? And he's like, hi, I'm corrupt. <laughs> I'm the constable here, and if you want to become the bodyguard of one of the two main gangs in this town, I want a finder's mm-hmm. fee. <laughs> and then he walks down, and he runs afoul of some gang guys. Yeah. And they all come running out. And he's kind of heard that there are these two gangs. What are the gangs' names? I'm not going to remember either one of them. Uh, well, there's Sebe. Uh, Sebe and, and Ushitora. Uh, and then there's a third guy. What's his name? Toka, what's his name? Oh, oh, yeah, who's who's like supposed to be the mayor. Uh, Toka, is that to- the mayor? To- I thought the other guy was the well, mayor. Well, there's there's the guy who is really the mayor, and then there's uh, 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 Tokuemon, who is mm-hmm. the brewer. Who Right, yeah, okay, yeah. thank you. Anyway, he runs, uh, runs into these toughs. They make fun of him. You know, they basically call him a dog. Yeah. He doesn't fight them. And he goes into a restaurant, and the old man's there, and he's like, we don't have food, but here's food. (laughs) Oh, oh, and what are you doing here? And what does he say? Just give me the fucking food. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so basically. And then he, he starts sort of musing out loud about the situation. You mean he he gets what he's supposed to do, which is exposition. Yeah. Like a, a ton of it, yeah, right? Yeah, And they keep watching stuff through his shop windows, and that's where we get to see uh, the Japanese penguin, but dumber. What's his name? <laughs> uh, What's the Ino, brother's Ino, name? He's the brother of one of the Capo de Capos yeah, of the Ino, gang. Yeah, Inokichi. Inokichi. Yeah. And he, he walks up to, because the, the guy in the restaurant's like, the only person doing business is the casket maker. And, and that sucks, because that means people have died. And they see Inokichi walk up, and he's like... The casket maker's like, I'm making two two coffins for the guy for Saibai's uh, group gang, sir. And he's like, ah, yeah, well, we, we killed three. And he says, yeah, you did. <laughs> and then yeah. Inokichi has to add it up on his he fingers. He counts it on his fingers. <laughs> they couldn't make him look dumber if they tried. He's got these weird teeth that jut out all the time. And a unibrow. And he's got a, a unibrow that wraps all the way around his fucking head. <laughs> He's adorable. Mm-hmm. And they keep talking, right? Him and the shopkeeper. Yeah. Who leaves out certain key points of information that we could have used earlier. That would have made more important dramatic points. 
and a musical sting that happens when a lady's revealed that we won't just go what yeah exactly <laughs> what's the deal what's the big deal with that why is she important what's going on but he eats a little bit of rice and then he goes back outside doesn't he yeah well he says is, is it he uh the old man, he, he says something to the old man about, like, uh, there's there's a lot of people, it seems like there's a lot of people in this town who deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. And the old man basically says, finish your food, you don't have to pay for it, and as soon as you're done, get out. And yeah. and and Yojimbo says, no, nah, I think I'm going to stick around. And yeah. then he gets up and goes out. Yeah. And then he walks back to the place where those guys were making fun of him, right? Yeah. No, he, no, he doesn't goes, he, he, goes, he goes to, to Ushitora first or no he goes to say yeah. see uh say bay say yeah and he yeah. says hi he basically says hey i got an audition for you so uh watch me kill these guys <laughs> yeah basically and he walks up and to the what, gang and he's like i'm gonna kill some of you now if that's okay Mm-hmm. and what does he do steve he kills some of them now and he chops one guy's arm clean off. Yes, he does. He gives and him you the, see it land on the ground with all the blood and grossness. Gives him the Obi-Wan American Obi-Wan audiences special. threw up because <laughs> they've never seen that before. What the hell? Not ever. I mean, those that were left after watching a dog walk off with a human hand That's in its true. mouth. That's you, true. You, you kind of knew what was coming after that. <laughs> and so, so Sabe? Sabe. Sabe. Sebe yeah. says, okay, let's invite him over and we'll offer him something, right? We'll offer right. him some money, right? You can, be, you can be my bodyguard, right? And then the wife comes in and says, get the fuck over here. What the fuck? Get over here. And he's like, excuse me a minute. And they go into another room and it's Sebe and his son and the wife. And she's like, listen, uh, you, you're not paying 25 Ryu for this guy, are you? And he's like, well, gee, I thought I would. And she's like, no, here's what you do. You pay him, and then after the war that we're going to have this afternoon, because they're planning on doing (laughs) attack this afternoon, um, (coughs) then just kill him, and then we get all of our money back, right? Right. And he's like, okay, and that's when... Yeah, so they come back into the negotiating table. Another samurai who, who is dressed... Kind of similarly to to our main character, Tio Jimbo, yeah, shows up. He doesn't look at him, right? No, no, he's very. And he's upset. like, I didn't, yeah. I'm not getting paid that amount of money to kill for this guy. And he's like, you show some respect. And he's like, nope. <laughs> so everyone's getting ready for a big fight, right? Yeah. Joe Jimbo's hanging around. Some guy panicky keeps running up saying, We're gonna fight, what are you doing? And he's like, Well, I'm finishing the sake and I'm gonna eat this rice and and while he's doing that, who does he see leave town? Uh the uh the other samurai master that we just met in the previous scene. The yeah, guy who, he smiles yeah, at him. He's like, Have fun. Yo Jimbo <laughs> Yeah, and Yo Jimbo smiles back at him. He's like, Okay. And then they all line up at noon. Yes, they do. And Yojimbo says to Saibe, you betrayed me? Fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) I'm switching sides. Here's your money back. Go fuck yourself. And he walks up to a tower in the center of the street. Not the dead center, but off to the side. Like he's, you know, a court judge at Wimbledon. (laughs) Yes. And he goes up there and he sits down as he watches these these piss pants people keep making bluffs to attack each other right it's like watching two kids try to have a fight like after school but both of them are afraid to hit the other yeah and with knives that are approximately three to four feet long that are razor sharp and can cut through everything yes exactly 
Mm-hmm. But then, dude rides up, and he's like, oh no, the inspector's coming. And everyone goes, oh, you're so lucky the inspector's coming, because we're not going to adequately explain what could happen, but everyone's going to clean up the town. Yeah, we need right? to act like everything's normal. Everything's normal. Don't panic. We're going to clean everything, and... Um, Everything's going to be cool, right? We're all going to be cool little Fonzies in this town, and then the inspector's going to come and get his bribe, and he's going to leave. And that's pretty much what happens. Right. You know, Jimbo watches as they give the bribes to all the inspectors, and then they leave. And, you know, Jimbo thinks, that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, there's concubines that we neglected to mention, right? Yeah. There's a whole den of them that San Saibe Sam Sam Right, because Saibe's business is he, he runs the he runs the brothel. He's a pimp. Yeah. He's a gross pimp. He's a bad man. They're all bad. I mean men. they're all bad. This whole men, town but... is filled with bad people. <laughs> Which is why it's fine that a lot of them get killed. And you know, our main character you know, Jimbo is sitting in the bar and then uh, Inky Dinky do the Bad guy, inky, the, inky, the dumb one, Ushator. Oh, oh, oh no, yeah, Ushator's son, uh, Ino. Yeah, Inokichi. Yeah, no, it's the brother that comes in. Oh, that well, the the other the, the other brother, right? Who with the gun? The dumb one. Oh no, the, yeah, the dumb no. one. Yeah, the dumb one is Inokichi. Yeah, Inokichi he's comes Ushitora's in. Son, and yeah. he's like, "Hey, so you're not working for them? How about you come work for me?" And then the wife of Saibei comes in, and she's like, "Oh no, you don't! Don't you buy him drinks? I'm buying him drinks." And then they argue back and forth about who's going to buy him drinks because earlier Yojimbo yo told the the restaurateur they'll start fighting over me, and that's when the money will start coming right. in. And the restaurateur is like, "You're fucking crazy! Stop it!" But now it's happening. Now it's happening where they're fighting back and forth, and then we cut in the middle of the argument. And we're like, what? And now it's raining. The inspector leaves. Uh, what else happened? Oh, and that's when he, that's when, uh, what's his name? The leader of the other gang, not Saibei, but. Ushitora. Um, yeah. Oh, huh? Yeah. He comes in, offers him money, you know, hey, come work for me. And does he agree? I can't remember. He says he has to think about it. Right. Um, meanwhile, the old man who has just been old manning around the place and judging him for practically everything, <laughs> right? He doesn't agree with any of the uh, agreements. That afternoon, they watch from the restaurant as who shows up, Steve? Now, this is uh, Uno- Unosuke, uh, yes. who is the other we'll son call, of We'll Ushikori. call him Little Dick. Little Dick, <laughs> yes, the, Little Dick, the guy who always has a pistol in his hand. That's right, he has a gun. And he shows off his shooting by shooting stuff in the main square, right? Yeah, he shoots like a bell on the uh, the the tower where Yojimbo was standing to watch the uh, the fight before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're like, oh shit, no one can stand up against his gun. Not a right? gun. But then we cut to two guys drinking, right? Yes, and they're not terribly happy about where they work, and they leave. And then Yojimbo shows up. <laughs> Uh, kind of cuts. It doesn't really cut them, but terrifies both of them, captures both of them. Yeah. Because they know was they have information that they that he could use to blackmail Ushi. Right. There was there face. was uh, like a, a government official was killed outside of the town, and right. they were paid Ush- by Ushitora to kill him. And Yojimbo overheard mm-hmm. them saying this, so now he's like, "Aha! Now I've got information." Yeah. And then he delivers them to Saibe. Saibe yeah. Yeah. 
And Sabu's like, you're great. <laughs> We're so sorry that we talked about killing you. That was so silly. That was silly, right, wife? <laughs> and she's like, yes, it was. And then what does he do? He immediately goes. <laughs> well, yeah, because, yeah, uh, Saibe says, uh, um, he says, we're going to uh, attack Ushitora tomorrow or something. and uh-huh. or, or attack tonight. We're going to attack Ushitora tonight. And Yojimbo's right. like, cool. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. And but he, first, here's here we go. Here's some more food, some more yeah. drink. And, oh, yeah, a girl show. And the wife is like, you can have any one of these women you want. Yeah. I bet it's been a long time since you've gotten your dick really wet, and I bet you like one of these girls. And he's kind of grossed out by it, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, no. He's kind of pissed off. I don't want this. This isn't for me. This isn't. Thank you very much. He beelines directly to to um, U- 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 Umami's place. and <laughs> Ushitora. Ushitora's place. And he's like, hey, guess what they have? And he's like, what? He's like, they have two guys that can totally rat on you about that government official that you killed. And he's like, we're fucked! And he's like, yeah, you sure are. Here's money! And he's like, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And so they have to agree to make an exchange, right? Right. So something happens that night, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, well, they... um... Oh, that's right. The gangs start retaliating against each other almost immediately. Yeah. And a couple of guys get killed... One guy gets killed and his, he becomes a blood sprinkler all over the wall. And, <laughs> uh, you know, there. And uh, Yojimba's a little happy about this. The old man thinks that he's too reckless, right? Right. And they're going to do then, a, uh, they're going to do like a, a prisoner exchange because mm-hmm. they have. And who's the prisoner? Well, they, yeah. oh, they, they, I think what's uh, Sebe's men, or no, Ushator's men kidnap Sebe's son. And so they're going to trade him for Ushator's men that Yojimbo brought to Sebe. And they're like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a, an unarmed prisoner swap in the middle of town at 2 a.m. this no, at 2 o'clock this Remember morning. what happens that night. <clears throat> that's when he reveals that he has that, that lady. That's right. Yeah. To, yeah. And we're like, what was that about? <laughs> yeah, because she's... Because we get this huge musical sting when they show her. And uh, gun gunfighter little dick seems upset about that for some reason, and they're like, "We're doing the exchange tomorrow in the day in the, the noon," and they're like, "Okay, that that that'll work, I guess." So they're going to do this exchange for the son. Is it the son for the lady now? Uh, because yeah. they kill the other two guys. Yeah, yeah, they? yeah. Little dick killed the other two guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're going to do this exchange, and then all of a sudden, there's a dad and a little kid. Right, and that's the and they're the, watching. the husband of the yeah. lady who's going to be of her name is Nui. She's the one who's going to be exchanged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the stupid little kid, as they're trying to make the exchange, goes mama or something, and she runs over to the window, and she's crying, and everybody's crying, and they make the exchange. And that's when we finally get the backstory for what the fuck is going on with this lady. Yeah. Yeah. And what's going on with this lady, Steve? Well, basically, her husband got into debt as a gambler, and she was claimed as payment for his debt. Um, right. And so she's, like, been forced into prostitution, basically. And and she's Taka Mummy Yummy's favorite. Yes. And, and her husband is always trying to go see her, and whenever he gets caught, he gets beaten up. And this happens, mm-hmm. like, over and over again. 
And you know, Jimbo says that makes me sick. Yeah, I hate people, people like that. People like him that. make me sick. Yeah. I hate people like that, and I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna do anything to help them. I'll never help him. I, they make me puke. I'm puking now. I'm puked in my mouth. I'm gross. <laughs> I'm trying to eat and drink. <laughs> Leave me alone. And then he makes a beeline directly over to to Ushatora. And he's like, "Hey, boss." How many guys you have guarding that lady? And he's like, five. And he's like, maybe you need more. Because they're definitely going to try to rescue her. And he's like, you're right. You need someone strong. Like, Ichapa de Papa. Like, the big dumb guy. Yes. And big dumb guy's like, yeah, I can go. So they go over there. But before they can go into the house where the lady is kept, he goes, hey, isn't that that lady's husband right across the way? You should go beat him up for being here. And dumb guy goes, okay. <laughs> and then he goes into the room where the lady is and kills everybody. Of, uh, well, no, no, no. It's even better than that. Uh, he, he, uh, the, you know, the, oh, that's Eno, right. The dumb guy is going in there and is starting to beat up the husband. And then Yojimbo right. interrupts him and says, quick, go get help. All the guards across the street have been killed. And he's like, everybody's dead. And he's like, it's like I said, yeah. and he's like, what? And he runs away. And then Yojimbo goes back across the street and everybody's still alive. And kills, but then he and kills, kills everyone. He kills everybody. <laughs> and then to make it look like there were 16 guys, he fucks up the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody's like, shit. He's like, I told you. I told you this was going to happen. Oh, meanwhile. Okay. So, while Uchi guy is gone, and after he's fucked, he tells the people, here, take the money that I have collected. Right. This 30 uh, Ria. And just fuck off. Just get out. Yeah. Fuck off. He fucks up the place. Comes back out and they're still there, right? And they're like, and they're, they're like, like bowing and they're you know, kneeling yeah. and bowing to him. And he's like, "I don't want this. Get the fuck out before they get right. here." And they're like, "Oh, but we have to say thank you." And he's like, "Just go." And then so they leave, right? Yeah. Finally, then everyone shows up, and he's like, "I told you this was going to happen. That sixteen guys showed probably showed up and they destroyed everything." And Umi, mommy, yummy, is like. Okay, time for payback, and they burn down the silk shop, right? Yeah, and then they they go after the brewer, and they they hack open all of his mm-hmm. barrels of sake. After he confronts Saibe and tells him we want the wench back, and he's like, "What wench?" And they're like, "You don't lie to us." <laughs> and then the sake place gets attacked, and everyone's like, "Okay, that's it. We're gonna smoke them out, right?" Yeah, is that when they do it? Yeah, that's it. That is when they do it, right? Is it? No, I well, can't we, no, we after after the 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 sake place is attacked, then we then we cut back to the 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 old man's place, and Yojimbo is there, and the, and the right. old man is like really happy, happy, really happy to see him, and and Yojimbo's like, "What's your deal?" And the old man says, "Ah, you act like an asshole, but you're actually a nice guy." That dipshit you saved came back here and gave me a note to say thank you. And your Jimbo's like, oh, fuck me. Jesus, are you kidding? <clears throat> Meanwhile, Japan's biggest doofus and the gunslinger walk in. Yeah. And they know something's up. Yeah, because somebody right? they heard from somebody that they that the 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 people that Yojimbo saved and that finally got out of town. Someone saw someone him. saw him in the country, so they know that they weren't like abducted by somebody. You know, they know that the right. story that Yojimbo said is not true. It's kind of iffy. Yeah, 
And then he takes away Yojimbo's sword, and he says, you're nothing without your sword. You're a dumbass. You know that little dick? You're so stupid. And <laughs> Yojimbo kind of kind of nonchalantly puts the bottle over the note. Then the old man comes, picks up the bottle, and tries to take the note with him, and he grabs the note, and he's like, ha-ha, and then he gets beaten up, and then they beat up Yojimbo off screen. Oh, yeah, they beat him. They beat the shit out of him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up in a room, and he's all beaten up, and we forgot to mention. So someone went and hired Lurch, and Lurch is this, like, 900-foot-tall guy yes. with, like, a pronounced... Uh, uh, he looks like a Neanderthal. Yeah, he actually he reminds me a little bit. There is a great Japanese wrestler in the 60s and 70s named Giant Baba, and he reminds me a lot of Giant Baba. Sure, it's yeah. not the same guy? It's not the same guy. No, it's not the same guy. Okay. Anyway, he tries to get up and leave, and they beat him up some more. And then Umi Koopy Poopy comes in and he's like, hey, this is Taka Monkey Paw. What's his name? The Brewer. Yeah. And he wants to know where the lady is. And if we, if you tell us, we'll let you live. Isn't that great? And Yojimbo's like, go fuck yourself. Nope. <laughs> Not doing that. <laughs> fuck you and fuck your mother. And they're like, wait a minute. We were just negotiating here. You didn't have to say that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck your sister too. In fact, you can watch me fuck her. It'll be great. And he's like, God damn it. You're being really hey, mean right man. now beat him up or something and then the giant man beats him up and they're like don't kill him we we need you know information from him right. right hours later he comes to and he's alone in this room and he crawls around the first door in his room is unlocked he slides that open but the next door is locked and then he realizes i can crawl in that chest yeah and then we have some continuity problems because he takes the lock off the chest and just drops it on the floor. Lock is no longer on the floor when the other guys come in. But hey, who cares? Ah, who cares? He crawls, crawls into the chest as the other guys are coming back. And they're like, we're dumb. We can't notice things. We're not going to look in this unlocked trunk. <laughs> Quick, let's get everybody. Because we got it. He's escaped. And they all start running around. And he's crawling. He's ninja crawling his way through, throughout the house. There's a couple of tense moments where gunslinger guy might catch him. And then he crawls on his hands and knees all the way back to the restaurant. Old man, open the door. And old man lets him in, but we're not done because now he has to hide him in the restaurant. Gunslinger and and dumbass show up again. They're like, where is he? And he's like, I sent him to Side Bay's house. And they're like, okay, that's it. We'll go then. He's dead. We'll take your word for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unki... But Monkey says, okay, we're going to smoke him out of Saibay's house. This is it. This We're done. Yes. And yeah. they do that, and the guys come running out, and they start killing him. Right? They start oh, chopping yeah. him up. Oh, yeah. The concubines run out. They're like, those are ours. And then they capture his son who tries to run out, and they say, come out, Saibay. Or... And he says, okay, just let me and my son go. And they go, sure. Okay. That'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. Come on out. We promise. Sabe comes out and says, okay, the entire territory is yours. Everything's yours. It's fine. You can just take everything. It'll be fine. Just take it. And and they go, thank you. And they blow him. They kill him. And then the son goes, daddy. Oh, because they killed his mom, too. Remember, yeah. she ran out. Yeah. They killed yeah, her. Like, yeah. And then they go, he goes, oh, this is a bad day. It's like it's like the beginning of a Batman comic book again. <laughs> oh, my God. But mom and dad are dead. And then someone said, no one's becoming a Batman on my watch, and they kill him too. <laughs> Can't become a Batman if you're dead. Uh-huh. The reason we we see all this is because uh, the 
the casket maker and the restaurant guy, the old man, are mm. trying to sneak him out in like a barrel. Yeah. And he says, put me down, I want to watch this. And then <laughs> yes. he, he watches it, the casket maker has run off, and he's like, go get Inky-Doo, Inky-Picky-Pocky, whatever his name is. Yes, Inky-Chawa. Inkichi and have him do it, and he's like, he'll kill me, and he's like, nah, he's he's no, nah, he's, he's dumb. He'll let you carry it for you. Just compliment him; he loves it. And he's like, wow, Inky, you got well. Look, your calves make me uh, well, with the horny. He, and he's like, he was, really? And he's like, what yeah, you, you're so strong and big. And, what what <laughs> I love is that he actually negs him to get him to do it because at yeah. first he's like, hey, can you help me carry this? And and Inukichi's like, I don't have time to carry a barrel with you. I have things to do. We're and, slaughtering people. Yeah, and and the old man's like. So he says something like, yeah, well, you know, it was probably too heavy for you anyway. And then, you know, is like, oh, I'll show you. And <laughs> But then he compliments him, right? I, I mean, and so they carry, does, yeah. they carry him all the way to the cemetery. Um, Inky's like, I'll help you bury him. And he's like, no, no, don't you have something to do? And he's like, oh, that's right. And he runs back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cartoon character. That's right. I'm running away. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> and... Uh, this great great scene when Yojimbo comes out of the casket. The old man's like, you look like a ghost. You're scary. Yojimbo smiles, and he says, it's worse when you smile. <laughs> yeah. And then he falls over, and he gets. I guess they drag him to a temple where he can recuperate. Right. Right. Just needs a couple of meals in him, and all of his stuff will heal up, and that's exactly what happens. Yep, he, he cleans up real nice. And how do we illustrate that he's he's good to go? There's oh, a he's, he's throwing a knife. Blowing in the a, wind. Yeah, yeah. Just randomly blowing in the wind, and he's throwing his knife and hitting it every single fucking yep. time. He's like, yeah, baby, I got it back. <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm establishing that I can do this right now. <laughs> this is going to be important coming up real soon. And what does he find out? He uh, thinks the old man's coming up to bring him some more food and some salve for his wounds, but it's not. It's the casket maker. It's the casket maker. And he's like, oh, they caught the old man coming out here to bring you supplies, and they took him back to town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. then Kurosawa does something that's really, really mean. We cut to the two dumbasses that were guarding him when they had captured him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they're just shot. sitting there, and on the left-hand side of the screen are a pair of dangling feet. Yes. And we go... Jesus Christ. Yeah. They oh, fucking fuck. hung him. <laughs> they hanged the old man, which technically they did. But well, technically they did, but he puts that tension in everyone's stomach, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As you see in the distance, death is coming, and then no one knows it. No one knows that death has arrived. <laughs> nope, Ta-da! He just comes well, we have to mention the, uh, the um, he lost his, uh, Yojimbo lost his Oh, they his took sword, his sword. But, but the, uh, the cooper, the, the coffin maker, gives him another sword. Yeah, he says using a dead man's sword is unlucky, but, you know, you're not spoiled for choice, so here you go. Yeah. And so we see him approaching as he's walking down with his his theme music. And thankfully we pan up and it turns out that they just kind of tied him up and hoisted him. Right, the old man man is alive. He's hanging there tied up, but he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone comes running out, including gun guy, right? (laughs) It's what, seven, eight guys? Yeah, yeah. There's the leader of the gang, gun guy, dumb guy, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> the seven dwarves. Yeah, basically. And uh, gun guy has his gun out because he's so powerful with that gun, isn't he? He loves his gun. He does. But what does Yojimbo do? 
Well, it's uh, the gun guy says, don't come any closer. So your mm-hmm. Jimbo starts moving closer. Moving faster. Faster. <laughs> and so gun guy starts, he, he levels his gun and goes to shoot at him, but your Jimbo throws his knife and hits him right in the gun hand. First, and, he doesn't evade. Yeah. He moves well, that, yeah, to the he, side. He and dodges, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so does gun guy because he doesn't know how a gun works. Instead of just moving his arm to shoot where yeah, he's going. You don't have to move, dude. He's So here's the thing. I think that was intentional because guns weren't that prevalent. Right. And oh, yeah, he's got this the only is, one, yeah. And this is someone who was trained to sword fight. Right. So your instincts for sword fighting are kind of trained into you. So if someone attempts an evade, you try to move with them. That's exactly what he did. And that was a mistake because he throws a knife. He hits his arm, he shoots, he fires two bullets in the air, and then Yojimbo kills everyone. Yeah, he sure does. Short work of him, too. He's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Everybody's dead. Except for Gun Guy. That's right. He's lying in a puddle of his own blood. And he wants his gun. Because he wants to take it with him to the afterlife. And we're kind of like, don't don't be dumb, Yojimbo. <laughs> yeah. But he tells him, I shot all my bullets. There's not, it's empty. And then he gets it, and he aims it at Yojimbo, who just sits there staring at him. And uh, he, he cocks it, and then he goes, oh, no, everything's going dark. And he falls down, and he shoots his gun into the dirt. Yep. And then he's like, I'll see you in hell, William Money. And he's like... <laughs> And then he dies, and then the mayor comes out. I th- isn't that the mayor? That it's comes the out? mayor, yeah, yeah. And he's 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 been... banging his he's banging a pair uh, a prayer gong. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and gunslinger guy is still isn't dead. Yeah, he's, he's like yeah. Who's, he's who's, not doing anything, but he's still laying there. Yeah. Who's playing that prayer drum? I don't need prayers. I'm good. That's when he says, "I'll see you that, in hell." Yeah. I'll yeah. wait for you at the gates of hell. Is I'll see you at the gates of hell. Yeah. And uh, you know. The mayor seems to be in a trance as he hits this drum until he sees Tokamaka Motherfucker. Yeah. And what does he do, Steve? He kills him. That's right. He takes out a fucking bush. He takes out a um, uh, a small, I can't remember the name of the smallest sword. He has one, though. Yeah. He runs into the room, kills him, comes out covered in blood. And then... Yojimbo's kind of looking around. Is there anything else I need to do here? Is there anything? Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta. What was it? Oh God, there was another. Something else happened. Oh, he turns to the constable, and the constable comes out and he's all happy. What does he say to him, Steve? Uh, go says, hang yourself. <laughs> yeah, he says go hang yourself. Yeah. He, Is there he, anything he, you actually, need me to he, do? He calls him out. Yeah, the constable. The constable mm-hmm. comes out. And Yojimbo calls him over and says, "Hey, come here." And the constable's like, yeah, what? And then he says, go hang yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but old man's still tied up. Yojimbo um, cuts the ropes. For a second, we think we, he killed him. Yeah. But no, he just cut the ropes. He whips it's out his sword. Great, just, it's shoom. such a great shot, yeah. And he's like, well, I think things will be quieter around here. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like half the t- town is burned down. Most everybody's <laughs> dead you killed everybody man the people who are alive are still you know scared oh we forgot this thing the kid at the beginning is the only one he yeah, doesn't kill right he, he spares his life and he says go live a long life eating gruel which is go which is what yeah. the kid said to his dad at the beginning mm-hmm. he said that's not what i want i don't want After to live the my kid long life screamed eating gruel. mommy yeah He's yes like, mommy. 
But he looks around. He says, oh, the town will be quieter now. Um, bye. Yeah, he puts his sword away, says, see ya, and walks away. That's right. He turns <laughs> and walks away to his theme music. The end. We oh. don't even wait until he gets to the end of the street. It's like, no. well, that's it. He walks out of the shot, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, bye. <laughs> ah, told you guys this would be short. <sighs> so, Steve. How do you feel about this classic action-adventure comedy, this feel-good movie, (laughs) Yojimbo? I honestly wish we could just review this movie every week. (laughs) I mean, I love this movie so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Kurosawa is not only one of the greatest filmmakers who ever lived, as I mentioned earlier, he is also one of the most versatile by the time he made Yojimbo, he had already made Rashomon, uh-huh. Ikiru, Seven Samurai, mm-hmm. Throne of Blood, mm. and The Hidden Fortress, among others, that are so different from each other tonally and, mm-hmm. and, and in some cases different genres. And, mm-hmm. I mean, just a stunning breadth of, of diversity in, in Kurosawa's filmography. And... With Yojimbo, he comes back to the samurai film, which is the genre where he did his most celebrated work. Um, And uh, he draws inspiration from westerns and from film noir, and he makes this movie that is so lean and unpretentious. Mm -hmm. And that it stands out even among Kurosawa's filmography. Um, Because the thing is, being lean and unpretentious doesn't mean it's one-dimensional. Uh, like the main character, the movie works in multiple ways on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. The action, of course, is excellent, is excellently staged and shot. But there are long stretches of the film with little or no action. And then suddenly things explode into violence. Yeah. And then the violence evaporates just as quickly. You know, it's just these these eruptions of, of, in some cases, really graphic, shocking violence. Like, dude gets yeah. his arm chopped off. Like, um, sprays of blood. Like, And then it settles right back down. It's like, oh, wow, that's how it can happen. Just all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And in between those action scenes, we get to follow this clever and fascinating character created by Kurosawa and his co-writers, Kikushima and Oguni, and most of mm-hmm. all by uh, Toshiro Mifune. We get to see how cleverly he plays both sides of the town against each other, how he gets bits of information from one side and twists uh-huh. it a little and gives it to the other side to get them going. And and we also eventually get to see that there is more to him than just this opportunistic tough guy who's in it for the money because he liberates Nui, the woman who's being held captive, um, tells her and her husband and their son to get out of town, gives them the money. Um, He comes back to town at the end of the movie when he hears that the old man has been captured. He could just leave. Sure. The bad guys don't know where he is, and he knows he's walking into a trap and risking his life, but he does it anyway because for all of his sort of tough guy, I don't care facade, he does actually care, and he does want to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cast of the film from top to bottom is outstanding, especially uh, Tetsuya Nakadai as Unosuke and Aijiro Tono as the old man. Uh, Takashi Shimura, one of my favorite actors ever. 
is in there as Tokuemon. Mm -hmm. He's not in it a lot, but he's in there, nope. and he has some memorable stuff. Um, but obviously the star is Mifune. He's at the center of everything. And if an actor ever lived who should have had entire movies centered on him, it was Toshiro Mifune. He had... Yep. He had this this rare and wonderful combination of traits because he is legitimately one of the greatest actors to ever appear on screen. But he also has this unbelievable star power. Oh, yeah. Like, his screen presence is incredible. And this performance feels so effortless. He makes it all look so easy. And he's such a badass that even after we've seen him at his lowest point, when he's been mm -hmm. beaten and defeated and reduced to crawling to the old man's door to beg for help, even after we've seen his mystique broken like that, when he walks back into town for that final confrontation, we buy back in immediately. Yep. We believe in him because he just exudes danger and legitimacy. Um, the movie is it's clever and exciting. It's moving at times without hitting those emotional notes too hard. And it's just, it's so, so much fun. Yeah. And one of my favorite kinds of movies is when brilliant directors and actors take what is on the surface a simple meat and potatoes genre story and just absolutely knock it out of the park. Without tweaking it much. With, yeah, without tweaking it much. And, and just showing everybody else how it's done. You know, like, you want to do a simple, stripped-down, basic action movie? I can do that. Here's how you do that. And, and I mean, there, and there aren't too many better examples of that than this movie. You know, it's, it's a fairly simple, straightforward action movie with a clever script and fantastic performances and based around this amazing character played by this amazing actor and shot by one of the greatest filmmakers who ever lived and there you go it's it's uh -huh. just it's 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 an unpretentious simple yet um you know multi-layered with some depth to it uh masterpiece i just i love it i love it i love it so there you go that's that's my review it's fantastic Overrated. <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies ever, but then again, a lot of Kurosawa's films are my favorites. That's why he hasn't appeared much. Much like Terry Gilliam. <laughs> His films it's haven't like appeared much Whenever we want to give a positive review to something, just throw out one of these. It's a short show, and I don't have a whole lot of jokes. Um, Yojimbo... I wouldn't say it's a tour de force for Kurosawa's ability to make film, but it comes really close. I only have one regret when it comes to Ojimbo. I wish it was in color. <laughs> because once Kurosawa discovers, can start making color films, and he starts to be able to play with color, his movies become that much more rich, that much, that much more um, metaphoric. Mm -hmm. He really the starknesses that he can contrast with color. And he's obviously someone who's very in tune with nature. You can see that in a lot of his later films. Um, there are references to, like, the Mulberry Field, right? Where yeah. the character takes his name. Where he takes his name, yeah. Right. And also, there are certain key sequences in the film where you can see, if you have a trained eye, that the town is splashed with blood. Mm -hmm. Like, everywhere. If this was a color film, that would have been more impactful. 
but he was still working in black and white, probably due to cost reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you can still interpret what it is that he's trying to put across, but what he manages to do in black and white is affect tone, and he can do it instantly. We didn't need to see the dog with the hand in its mouth to get that this place is pretty fucking awful. He set that up with the people behind what looked like prison bars as they watched him walk through the center of town. And the town is seems deserted. There's no one out about on the street. There's no one there's you know, all he can see are eyes looking at him from from the windows. Um and the town looks run down. It's gonna get worse. The town is fucked up by the end of this. It's not a there nice are place. There's buildings that are burnt down. There's rubble in the streets. Yeah. It's covered in dead people when he goes, well, bye. Uh, it's. <laughs> it At least it'll be quiet around here from now on. Worse. See but in circum- certain circumstances, I'm glad for the black and white. The scene where one of the guys gets cut down up against a wall, he literally becomes a blood fountain. Mm-hmm. And blood just shoots out from behind him. And uh, and uh, down onto his face, um, and you can see, for example, when the gunfighter is dying, that he is that there is a pool of blood that is literally getting larger and larger as he's laying there. Yeah. Um, does it take away from the movie for me? No, it's just a wish, because I love Kurosawa's color films. He really knows how to work blood. He really does. And boy, does he use it. What's the one uh, with the immediate decapitation of that woman? It, that's, uh, is that Ron? Is that Ron or is it Kagamusha? It's one of those I think two. it's Kagamusha. That's Kagamusha. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't take away from how he uses black and white. And the environment is something that's really, really important to Kurosawa. And so, for example, when hell is come, when retribution is coming back to the town, all of a sudden, even though it had been raining like a day before, there's a dust storm blowing through town. <laughs> and when when you see Yojimbo turn and he's walking down the middle of the street and there's just these huge, this wind is just blowing through these huge clouds of dust behind him. It immediately sets the tone that even the earth itself is pissed off and <laughs> there's nothing that's going to stop this guy i wasn't the first time i watched it i was never worried that yojimbo was gonna fucking kill oh, every no. single one of those yeah. motherfuckers but this is a movie that i've probably seen i have no man i have no idea how many times um i still get goosebumps at certain scenes mm-hmm. when he stands up and the old man says it's worse when you smile <laughs> goosebumps yeah when i see that scene when he shows up walking down at the end when he sh- when he shows up and he's walking down the street and i already know what he's gonna do i still get goosebumps because he's framed so perfectly and he's a guy who's so goddamn confident his arms aren't even out of his robe <laughs> nope and then when he and then when he says what is it come closer or no, no, he, he says, tells, stop. He says, he says he don't says, come any closer. And don't he come any closer, faster. and he starts moving faster. Like, you You're are, like, oh, boy. <laughs> you, are, you are the baddest motherfucker I have ever seen. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. You know, this is a long movie. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of people giving exposition, right? But you get the feeling that Yojimbo is working the town, right? Yeah. I brought up Sam Spade. Sam Spade, the Dashiell Hammett character was always one step ahead of everybody around him who was trying to fuck him over. 
And Yojimbo's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly who to touch, exactly who to talk to, exactly when to listen in, exactly know, okay, I'm going to do this to play off this. So that Basically, he's getting these two gangs to fucking kill each other. Because that's ultimately the goal that he's working for. He doesn't seem to be in it for money, like at all, no. unless it's a ruse to get them to start, you know. Because he gets that money from, from Sambe at the very beginning, and he just throws it on the floor. He yeah. says, you betrayed me, fuck you. And he throws it on the floor, and he goes, and he takes a middle position. Now, is that symbolic that he's like the line between these two, these two gangs? No, because these two gangs are awful, and they all deserve to fucking die. All, both sides. He's above them. Yeah, that's the metaphor. Not that he's in the middle. Not that he's like, oh, he's the gray between the black and the white. No, he's above them, looking down. Yeah, and laughing at them. And up until the point where he nearly gets away with getting the husband, wife, and son out of town, and I genuinely do believe that this character, re- that that guy, really does make him sick. Not because he didn't stand up and fight for his wife, but the reasons it happened. Yeah. Because he was a gambler, and he got into debt, and and he basically failed his family, but he's not going to let it stand. You can see him make that decision in his head, right? Yeah. Especially on your 19th viewing of it. (laughs) Well, and just because like he makes that situation happen, mm-hmm. like he, it's yes, not he like, it's not like he just happens to be in the area and he said, like, "Well, as long as I'm here, I'll liberate this guy's wife." He makes that situation happen. I mean, one of my favorite samurai for samurai movie series is Zatoichi, mm-hmm. and that's Zatoichi's bag. Zatoichi, when he comes into town, he acts like a blind drunk who's also a masseuse, and the one person that everyone seems to talk to in front of is the blind masseuse. And Zatoichi has a thing inside of him, which is he can still kill all the motherfuckers. He can kill everybody. (laughs) But first, he needs to hear everything that's going on in town. And because no one thinks that this blind man with a cane is really any kind of threat at all, he finds out everything that's going on in the town, and then he utilizes that to his advantage later on. Yojimbo is doing the same thing, except for first-time watchers. You're not sure if that's what he's doing. You're not sure if he's just a pure mercenary. And it wasn't until he, you know, he took that 30 Ryo that he had gotten from um, Ushitaka, and he gives it to the, gives it to the family and mm-hmm. says, get the fuck out. Get out. What are you doing? I said leave. Why are you standing there? <laughs> and it's kind of like... I think the ending does kind of set a, a, a decent tone. The town's fucked. He's <laughs> like, the town's going to be quiet. He's like, everybody's dead. Of course, it's going to be quiet. There's no one left alive. Even the dog that had the hand in its mouth is dead. Everything's gone. There's no silk. You, they destroyed the brewery. What are we supposed to do now? What are you supposed to do? Harvest mulberries? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, thanks, but God damn it. And it was like, this was the only way this was going to end. Yeah. Right? You get a feeling that there was, unless someone did something, this this gang would have just sucked the town dry for decades. Right. We already see that in the fact that uh, Ushitaka has a son who's going to take over the business once the older yeah. the old dude dies. And you're like, well, shit, okay, well, I guess it will go on forever. 
and eventually these two gangs were going to fight each other. I'm glad he recognized that it would be a little unrealistic for uh, Yojimba to show up and just kill everybody on both sides, and it wouldn't make it very interesting. And that's the other thing. You're kind of hooked. Yeah. You don't really know who the Yojimbo character is. He comes in. He's a little gruff. He just wants food. But you get the feeling that he's always listening. Yeah. That he's paying attention to everything. And all the characters are well played and, and very realistic, with the exception of... Uh, what, what's his name? Inokichi. Inokichi, yeah. Yeah, he's a cartoon character. He's just character. a fucking dimwit. He's a, <laughs> he's a Warner Brothers character, practically. <laughs> But he's funny as fuck. Yeah. He's really funny. Um, And all the characters and their about faces and kissing his ass whenever they think that they've slighted him. The whole argument between Inikichi and 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 Saibei's wife when they're both arguing over who's going to buy him the best drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Because they both want him on their side. That's a unique position to put your, your central protagonist. He doesn't choose a side. Yeah, and then you start seeing, oh, he's working them against each other. That smart motherfucker. I guess he's honorable. And the first, and the, and of course, when he gets caught, when he actually does something that is honorable, when he gets caught, is the one. And this is very much like a noir. He tries to do something that is objectively good, and he gets caught for it. Yeah, and then and he, he suffers for up. it. Yeah, he suffers for it. Right. Had he just been playing both sides against each other, he probably could have ping-ponged between the two of them forever. But then he had to hear the hard luck story, see the little kid cry, <laughs> see the pathetic man that it, it, he should have just chopped his head off and freed her. And said, Brud, where's my husband? You don't want to... He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he left. He left. He ran off with some with some woman. You don't need, you don't need to... Don't, don't look into it. In just fact, forget, don't ever mention his about name him. again. <laughs> <laughs> Find someone so else. Be like, happy. Do I like this beautiful, gorgeous, engaging movie? Yeah, I do. I've been watching it since I was in high school, <laughs> and I still love it. I hadn't seen it in a while. Me neither. But it's still, it was so great to watch it. It was so... Guys, you know how much shit we go through for this show. <laughs> and every once in a while to be able to kick back and watch something just sit there i don't drink but i would have drank a beer while watching this did you drink a beer when you were watching this i I did not no god damn you you're supposed to i'm supposed to live vicariously through you i'm so well should i take out should i start drinking more i don't really drink. get drunk now Uh, okay (laughs) i got a bottle of vodka in the freezer i've been saving just for this So we both recommend. I'm not even going to ask Steve. No, of course. I, mean, I know you're going to say, yeah, of course I recommend it. We both recommend it. So if you guys hasn't, haven't watched it, we wrecked it. But it's still worth watching. It's still oh, worth yeah. watching. And sure, there's some things that are not explained, like why is the inspector so important? I don't know. He is. Why is the entire town pretending like their shit's not out in the open? Why are they? Why are they having to, to suck up to this guy? And uh, well, there's a reason, but they are not going to tell us what that is, right, Steve? No, they don't go into it. He just probably is bad news. He probably goes back to where is he from? Edo. Uh, Edo. Edo. Probably goes back to Edo and says, "Gather the troops. Shit's going on. <laughs> yeah, something's happening in that town. I don't know what, but we're going to kill everybody, and then I don't know." And then they get there, and everybody's already dead. Yeah, and everyone's dead already. Oh, shit. And they're like, was it the swordsman with no name? And they're like, yep. 
that He's guy again. So much money. <laughs> <laughs> so recommend, Steve. Now it's time for you to not recommend something, Steve. Please not recommend something. Oh, I've got a good one to not recommend this time. Which, oh boy. By, by which I mean a bad one. Okay. You know, since we did Yojimbo, there's really only one movie that came to mind to not recommend. And that is a movie from 1996 starring Bruce Willis. Oh, shit. Called Last Man Standing, which yeah. which is a um, not exactly a remake, but is is based on Yojimbo. It's the same mm-hmm. basic story of Yojimbo, but it's the the setting is updated to Texas in the 1930s, and instead of like you know uh, the the brothel guy and the the silk guy fighting, it's and it's Italian gangsters and Irish gangsters that are fighting over this town, and mm-hmm. Bruce Willis is the Ojimbo character. And this town in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the biggest problem with this movie is that unlike Yojimbo, this movie is just no fun at all. Mm-mm. It's like, and it's obvious that the people who made it, or at least the people who wrote it, are very familiar with Yojimbo because it's the exact same story. And, mm-hmm. and, and even some of the dialogue is the same. Um, it's it's a lot of it is lifted directly from the original, but they seem to have lost sight of the fact that one of the things that makes the original Yojimbo such a great movie is that it's a goddamn great time to watch. Mm-hmm. And this movie, Last Man Standing, is the exact opposite of that. There is not a there is not a lively, fun, inventive, creative, imaginative moment in it. It is just a dull violent grim slog um Mm -hmm. it's actually about 10 minutes shorter than the original yojimbo it feels like it's like three times as long uh it's not a good movie at all it has a great cast not only not only bruce willis but christopher walken is in it and um william sanderson who always plays like kind of a bad guy you know like he Mm -hmm. you know i mean there's fantastic cast but it's just there's just nothing here. It's just so boring and lifeless. Um, so if you if you want to maybe conduct an experiment with yourself and say, you know, what would this movie be like if just every ounce of fun and energy was drained out of it? If they kind of modernized and Americanized it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, yeah, it's set, it's, you know, the, the setting is more modern because it's set in the 30s instead of yeah. the 19th century. And it's, it's in the United States instead of Japan. But even so, yeah, it's just, it's just, ugh. Or you can watch a fistful of dollars. Or yeah, well, yeah if you want to watch a good movie that is based on Yojimbo, watch a fistful of, my- of dollars. One of my favorite lines, and it's the only improvement on the script that I would think can think of. Oh, really? Well, uh, Yojimbo kills some guys, and then he tells a casket maker to build a casket. Right. Right. Great line in the movie, but dollars, but dollars did it better. When Clint Eastwood walks into town, and before he kills guys, he turns to the casket maker <laughs> and says, "Get two coffins ready." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, but yeah, that is my not recommendation. Last man standing. Yay! Well, as you guys know, I like to recommend a film, or not recommend a film from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's 1961, and I decided I was going to not recommend a Japanese film. Oh, boy. And the film that I'm not going to recommend is Invasion of the Neptune Men. (gasps) Wow! Now, some of you guys might have seen this done on MST3K, and let me I can guarantee you, if you're watching this by yourself... 
and not with a group room full of drunk friends this is boo yeah this is difficult it's technically a children's movie because there's plenty of little boys running around in their super micro short short shorts <laughs> but it's about a group of invaders from neptune who and then a hero shows up and what's that hero's name do you remember steve i do it's space chief wow space chief what is he a chief of space space <laughs> I love I love the song that Tom Servo sings about him in the MST3K episode. Uh huh. But that's not in the movie. Space Chief failed miserably and tried to cover <laughs> up his shame. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. There are action sequences in abandoned in abandoned uh, and industrial warehouses. It's just you know when you don't have a budget and you're trying to make a movie for children. It, yep. Oh boy. Oh my God! Nothing, Not nothing in it is good. Nothing in it is clever. Nothing in it is really funny, unless you're bringing something to it. Yeah. If you're watching it by yourself, you'll go, and then you'll stop watching it. <laughs> so don't watch Invasion of the Neptune Men unless it's on MST3K, or you're stoned. Your friends are stoned, and you want to laugh at something. That's when you can really enjoy. So if you have to do that much in order to enjoy a film, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> hey, Steve. Yes, Jason. This next, our next show drops on the 8th. That's right. Yes. What else happens on the 8th? I don't know. It's the opening day of something. It is? Yes. <gasps> a little game that we like to That's watch. right. It's opening day of the baseball season because they settled that's, the work stoppage. They they That's right, baby. There's no more lockout. <laughs> that's right. And so now you guys have to endure this. Yay, it's the baseball <laughs> show. It's the baseball episode. As you guys know, we're baseball stupids and we enjoy reviewing baseball movies even if they're really bad. Yep. Um, and so we're going to do another baseball show. So Steve has to choose between three baseball movies. We're running out. I think these are the last three. Oh, boy. So we only have three more years of this, guys. <laughs> so, Steve. Yeah. You have to choose between A, B, or C. They're all baseball films. I'm going with A. Fuck. Wow. Okay, strike three. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Had you chosen B... We would have watched a movie that's supposedly based on real events, but not really, because the characters are fake. And that would have been a uh, uh, that would have been a league of their own. Ah, oh, okay. Had you chosen C, you would have watched the uh, grown men crying because a man plays catch with his dad <gasps> at the oh, end. I can't believe we missed this one again. You do it every year. Oh. That's Field of Dreams. You're not going to pick it until it's the last one there. God damn it! Well, at least we'll get to do it eventually. But instead, we're entering into the world of high fantasy and baseball, because that's the only way to explain this fucking movie. <laughs> we're going to watch The Natural. Ah, now, see, that makes me feel a little better. Does it? Yeah, we don't get to do Field of Dreams, but we get to do The Natural. I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? I'm okay with so, that. So, if you guys want to get all the jokes and hate us a little for making you watch it, then watch The Natural. Before the next review drops. And that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening in. It's a shorter it's a shorter show. Yeah. You want longer shows? Then become a patron. We got those. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Our last one for the Avengers was almost four hours. Yeah. I don't know how anybody's watching our stupid faces for four hours. But 
<laughs> we do do longer longer versions of this, which include all of our stupid talk before and our stupid talk after. That's right. So if you love stupid talk... If you want to see how the pancakes are made... It's pancakes. I'm, I hate donuts. I like pancakes better. If you want to see how the pancakes are made, then uh, go ahead and... Uh, Join Patreon. We drop this. We drop these extra long yeah. what we call late seating uncut because that's how lazy I am. Yeah, and you get to look at us while we talk about the that's movie. That's right. Mm-hmm. You get your images of us blown right out of the water. Yeah, it's like when you see your favorite radio DJs and you're like, oh, fuck, really? You can tell that I'm wearing a shirt and not much else, and Steve has dolls behind him. Yep, <laughs> a whole bunch. A whole bunch yet pointing to them. Um, but if you guys do, but thanks you guys for listening in once again for Late Seating. This is Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this is Steve Shives. Don't worry, I will be back for the next episode because I'm not dying yet. I have to kill quite a few men first. That's not the whole line. It's not? I love my my interpretation, my, my subtitles. You ready? Yeah. I'm not dying yet. I have a bunch of guys still left to kill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I'm like, I think something got dropped in translation. I don't think he actually said, I got a bunch of guys I gotta kill. Who did the interpretation for this one? It was also weird that he made a reference to Arby's. Yeah, I thought that took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it was in yours? It was in, in your, mine, in too, yours? yeah. He said, I, I'm going to kill all these men and then have some delicious Arby's. <laughs> and then that the, la- that the, final, see, the, the final line, instead of saying, see you later, like when you know he says, well, it sure will be quiet in this town now. Of course, you could always start an Arby's. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's a little different from mine, because in mine, Saibe was the one that was controlling the Arby's, and it was oh. one of the first things that got burnt down. Oh, I see. And no one mourned. <laughs> you Arby's hater. No one tried to put it out. Not, no. In fact, Let the Arby's whatever burn. was in the Arby's, there was no way of putting out that fire. <laughs> it burned purple and well, green. Well, you know, it's a grease fire. What are you going to do? I mean, once that, once, that curly fries, once that curly fries oil catches fire, there's nothing you can they do. They were the boxes in the back of the Arby's, unrefrigerated, that said meat on them. They exploded like fireworks. <laughs> I don't think meat is supposed to do that. <laughs> and it was weird that he did the Arby's. We got the meat at the end when he yeah. turned around. Yeah, yeah. It was like singing the jingle. He put on a big cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, and then gave a little wink. You know, that's the only thing that I really hate about this movie is all the fucking product placement. Too much, too much product placement. Mm-hmm. Like, after he got the guys to run off, he's like, go on, get out of here. He, out of his robe, he pulls out a Coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he drinks yeah. it towards camera with the label showing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, like, you know, when, when he when he throws the money down um, mm-hmm. to for, for the people that are supposed to escape, and then they cut to that close-up, and you can see that it's Bitcoin. Oh yeah, that was that's awful. just that's confusing because it's like there, it's not an actual mm. coin. What does that e- how, what does that even represent? I thought it was pretty insulting that when the old man was serving rice to to Yojimbo, you could see him making it from a box of instant, uh, you know, Uncle Ben's. Uncle Ben's, rice. yeah, he's like shaking yeah. it into the pot, and I'm like, is that even how you make that? Yeah. Then he's like, I know the mascot's racist, but it's still really good. Hey, he holds it's, it up to it's his the face. early '60s. What are you gonna do? <laughs> What's Bitcoin? Yeah. 
your grandchildren will will waste a lot of money on it. Trust no, me. Seriously, what is it? I have no. I still have no idea what it is. Oh, Steve. oh, it's a scam that you put money in when you don't want to have money anymore. Well, I'm an American. Sign me <laughs> if up. You, if you want to take your money and give it to a rich guy, so that the rich guy can have your money instead of you having your money, then you should buy Bitcoin. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemme Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.